This is the MG Car Club podcast with Wayne Scott and Adam Sloman. In this episode, Ian Benningfield reports from the paddock at the first round of the Speed Championship. The MG Car Club podcast. Hello and welcome to another MG Car Club podcast. Wayne Scott with you. Hope you're keeping well and enjoying things as the sunshine starts to get a little bit longer here in the UK at least. Can't believe it's nearly the end of April already. Craziness. And over a year now already since we launched this very podcast and it's been a strange year but there was some sense of normality creeping in as we'll hear from Ian Benningfield with our interview in just a moment. We went into the paddock at Kerbera for the first round of the Speed Championship for the MG Car Club. That's all coming up in just a moment, but as I speak to you now, we are a little over a week away from the big National Awareness Day. Yes, the FBHVC's Drive It Day takes place this year on April the 25th, and due to the ongoing restrictions, thanks to the pandemic, of course, we might not be able to have those big events and big gatherings that we've perhaps normally been used to on Drive It Day, but it still remains a crucial and important National Awareness Day. Now so, more than ever, and it aims to get our cars seen out and about with the purpose of raising support for the preservation of our freedoms to use them on the roads. This year, the FBHVC have partnered with the NSPCC's Child Line and all the profits from the sales of the official rally plates that you can get online at driveitday.co.uk go directly to Childline to protect future generations while we're celebrating our past. So please do help them out. Help the MG Car Club get MGs out on the road for the 25th of April as well, but do it responsibly, of course. Nothing wrong with those local trips. Take it down the supermarket, perhaps. Go and visit one of the relatives outdoors that you're able to visit. Keep it within the restrictions, but whatever you do, get your MGs out on the road for as short a distance as you like on April the 25th and make sure you do it with your Drive It Day plaque proudly presented on the front of it or the back, wherever you like to put it. But just get it, driveitday.co.uk is the place to order them. Still time to order them before Drive It Day or of course just wear it all the year round. It all helps us to build awareness for the historic vehicle movement driveitday.co.uk for your rally plates for a back to basics shall we say drive it day for 2021 a slight slice of normality next then as we go to the paddock of the first round of the mg car club speed championship at kerbera with ian benningfield next the mg car club podcast the mg car club the mark of friendship to take advantage of our many membership benefits, access to our centers and registers, and to receive your copy of Safety Fast magazine, join us now at mgcc.go.uk. Sharing your passion for MG on the MG Car Club podcast. Speaking to us in the aftermath of the very first round of the 2021 Speed Championship here in the MG Car Club, and a first for us in the 12 months that we've been doing this podcast series, we're finally getting to leave the studio. Ian Benningfield is reporting from the pit lane at the first round at Kerbera. Ian, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Wayne. Good to have you on. So, talk us through the preparations. A nice little sprint course. Uh, near Litchfield. Uh, it's the first round, as you say, of the championship. We've got a, a full calendar. It's still a little bit in flux with uh, COVID still impacting what we want to do, but hopefully it's a sign of 
getting back to normal. We did get out a few times last year, uh, towards the back end of the year. We're lucky that motorsport was one of the sports that was allowed to go ahead under the government guidance. Obviously, we're all outside anyway, which helps. And wearing a crash helmet is a very effective bit of uh, PPE. So, but this was the, the first time really this year to get out. So, for me, it was uh, the end of a long rebuild. Uh, going back to September 19, I managed to do myself a bit of suspension damage at the last event of the year. And I had uh, plans for a quick re- rebuild over the winter. And roll on COVID and 18 months later, and I was still bolting the car back together on the Saturday afternoon before I was uh, due to load up the trailer. So it's all, as these things do, always take a little bit longer than you hope. Absolutely. And there's nothing like a deadline to focus minds. And of course, the deadline being Kerbera. I mean, we've spoken to you on the podcast before, Ian, uh, way back in, I think it was June, July time last year. And, uh, you know, remember you talking us through the damage you'd sustained. But that's quite a rarity, isn't it, really, in hill climbing and sprinting? It tends to it be is. quite an accessible form of motorsport that you do without much damage. It is. I mean, I, I have we say an exuberant driving style at times uh but my damage was just natural wear and tear really i think it's uh driving any classic car especially if you're going to sort of push it when bits are 30 years old and 40 years old that they are eventually going to fail uh and it was just one of those things i managed to damage the anti-roll bar and 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 that had a few sort of knock-on consequences but for me it was also an opportunity to uh take the car in a different direction so i think last time we spoke i talked about having really a pretty standard car and running in the the road going category of the championship but I, I took the opportunity really to to move up a class so i've actually rebuilt the suspension and i, I put the frontline kit on there with uh, dampers to replace the old lever arms and i've, I've had a little bit of settling to the engine uh, and put a fiberglass front end on it to save a bit of weight so as well as being the first round of the championship, it was also, for me, the first round with a very different car, really. Well, of course, the car we're talking about here is your white little midget that uh, is well campaigned now. It's not just for midgets, is it? There was a huge spread of cars at Kerbera last weekend. Yeah, so the championship caters for anything with an MG badge on it. Uh, and that runs from at Kerbera. We had a P-Type and, and a TC there right up to uh, an MG3 that was out competing and just about everything in between, midget Bs, uh, a very big turnout of, of Zs and, and TFs, which was great to see. Brilliantly, Ian, as well as driving and focusing on the sport at hand <laughs> at Kerbera that you did last weekend, you were able to go out and get some interviews for us because, of course, spectators still not allowed at motorsport events just yet. We're hoping that that's going to change very soon. But uh, for the moment, we had to see the day through your eyes. And uh, let's start with one of the first conversations you had at Kerbera with the guy with the MG3. This is Alan Fairbrother. Um, Competing with an almost standard MG3. It's my everyday road car. Um, so I've driven it here today, 180 miles each way. Um, and I've, I've done very happy with how I've gone. I've gone faster than I ever expected to do. Beaten my times with, which I've done in the past with a road going modified MGB. So yes, I'm very happy with the day I've had today. This is actually. 41 years ago was a, this event meeting was my very first sprint so I, I like this 
doing coming to Kerbera very much. Well, proving there, Ian, that the MG3, although it might be a fairly modern car, is still good fun and a good little car for sprinting and hill climbing and makes the point that this is such an accessible form of motorsport within the MG Car Club, isn't it? It is. As Alan said, you know, you can drive your car to the meeting. Very, very few modifications needed. Uh, you know, it's, it's things like having an identifiable tow point front and rear a bit of a yellow tape around the battery, uh, and really you're off and ready to go. Let's have a look round Kerbera then. As a driver, of course it's a, a track that's been on the calendar for decades. It's one of the ancient sp- sprint and hill climb circuits in the UK. Based in Lichfield, of course, right smack bang in the Midlands. Talk us through a typical lap, Ian. Yeah, so it's, as you say, it's a nice little circuit. It's got a lot of history. And it's one of those circuits we actually visit uh, a number of times in different configurations as well. So this was a, a one lap of Kerbera, which is actually the first time we've done that layout for, for quite a few years. So it took myself and a lot of the other drivers just a little bit time in the morning to get used to uh, not turning right again at the end of the lap to do a second one. But we start on the start line, uh, and it's a quite a, a long sweeping left-hander that tightens as you go into the first corner and it can certainly catch a few people out on the first runs when it's a little bit damp into a sort of tight, twisty section, uh, a famous corner called the Mole Hill uh, as you go through the little chicane, named so because there's a very large mound of earth on the inside to catch you out if you run wide. Another little straight uh, into another... uh, Reasonably tight right-handed hairpin, and then a blast to the line. So in its one-lap format, it's quite uh, tight, twisty, but fast. So I was doing laps in the sort of low 40 seconds. Uh, The guys in the slick-shod racing cars were into the 30s. So short, sweet, but very, very technical, and a lot of time to be made or lost on those, those corners. Well, you can actually see some of the layout maps on the Kerbera website at kerbera.co.uk and you get a real sense of some of the speed that you can get up on some of the configurations. There is long, sort of straight bits with sweeping curves, but plenty of visibility, isn't there? Yeah, and and hopefully when we are allowed spectators back later on in the summer, it's a great little circuit to watch on because you can stand in the banking and and see the entirety of the action. with a bacon sandwich van just behind you (laughs) absolutely well let's hear from another one of the competitors that you interviewed last weekend uh this one the aptly named david coulthard no relation and he'll tell us more about his MGZR. Been competing in the championship since uh, about 1992. I started in an MG Midget. Um, that got sold to finance my racing career, and I uh, now borrow uh, Helen Waddington, my partner's uh, ZR, uh, and that's what we're out in today. Helen bought it brand new back in 2001, and it's been competing ever since with a pair of us driving it. So it's had quite a hard life, although it hasn't covered terribly many miles, which is uh, always good to see. Well, David there having a good weekend, Ian. How was your weekend? Talk us through Sunday when you turned up, because I know that you headed up late Saturday night, didn't you, and uh, got yourself in position in your motorhome, ready for the early start in the morning, because, of course, no hotels open yet, which makes it slightly more awkward for some competitors. So talk us through a typical day at Kerbera. 
Yeah, I say motorhome may be a bit grand esque what I've got. I've got a rather battered old uh, Mercedes Sprinter, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I went up the night before. It just saves that early start and, and stops me annoying the neighbours uh, trying to load a trailer and start a race engine early morning. It was one of the strangest mornings I've had though. So I woke up quite early and I popped the skylight on the on the van, and uh, despite it, you normally sun to be up, I couldn't see anything. And when I opened the door, the, the reason was that we had about an inch of snow. Uh, we'd been joking in the run-up to the meeting about fitting snow tyres. I don't think anyone really seriously believed that little cold snap we had would, would lead to blizzard conditions. Uh, but luckily, by the time sort of everyone arrived and unloaded and we were sort of getting ready to go out, the, the blizzard had stopped, the sun had come out. I know it was a little bit damp, it, it dried throughout the day, and by the end of the day, actually, the track was in, it was in really good condition. Obviously, we're in a little bit different than the normal. We're in a sort of a, a COVID world still, so everyone was sort of socially distanced in the paddock. We were wearing our masks at all time. And perhaps the biggest change to normality is scrutineering's change. So in a normal year, we would have someone come and check our helmet and our overalls and give the car a quick once-over. Because we're trying to control transmission, what Motorsport UK have, have done is moved all of that online before the meeting. So as drivers, we had to fill in a, a quite lengthy questionnaire about our car and give all the details about our various uh, bits of safety kit. So the scrutineers can almost sort of check it over in advance, meaning they were just doing random spot checks to make sure we were honest. Uh, so I wasn't actually scrutineered other than they checked my tyres because... At the time of entering, I hadn't uh, specified what I was running on. And uh, as part of the technical regulations, you can only run certain types of tyre in certain classes to, to make sure we balance performance. But uh, I was running relatively early on in the batches. So I was lining up in no time at all at the start line. We had a quick noise check. Uh, all of motorsport is very tight regulated to make sure we don't annoy our neighbours and we keep up good relations. And then round to the start line for that first run. It was a very damp and slippery track, partly because of the weather, and I think partly because the track hasn't been used much over the last year. And honestly, most times we go to a venue, the first event of the year, it's always a little bit green, the track. And it was uh, it was an interesting first run, trying to find the limits of the grip. And as I said, I've done a lot of modifications in the car, so we're a bit more power and uh, a little bit different on the handling. It took me a while to sort of get in the groove, but uh, as the day went on, got faster and faster, which was great. Well, of course, you're bound to be a little bit rusty because really you've not been out in anger much since the end of the 2019 season. So I guess it took you a bit of time to sort of recalibrate your brain. Certainly. I, although a few events did take place last year because of my uh, commitments at work and not really getting the car up and running as quickly as I'd like. I, I went out my TF uh, road car for a couple of events, actually one at Kerber and one down at Wiscombe, but it was uh, the first time I've driven the midget in anger in, in 18 months. So, And the TF, although it's a nice little car, it's a very different car to drive to the midget. Well, one of the challenges of hill climbing and sprinting is the pressure that you put on yourself, really, to get the perfect lap. Unlike circuit racing, where you perhaps don't get an apex right or you get a breaking point a little bit early or late, you can sort of correct it on the next lap round. But with sprinting and hill climbing, you really must get it right from the off, mustn't you? Absolutely. And, and 
every corner. You, that, that perfect run uh, is what you need. And actually, my day ended with a sort of slightly imperfect run that I managed to uh, creep slightly on the start line. Uh, the starting procedure we use is we're lined up against a, a light beam and on the front of every car, we've got a, a little timing strut that cuts that beam and starts the clock. And the light goes green. And, and unlike a race where as soon as the lights change, you go, you, you go in your own time. And unfortunately, I must have just crept a little bit uh, on the start line as I put it into gear. And so I, I finished with a time that I thought was a little bit disappointing. And I looked at my splits, my launch time to the first 64 feet was over six seconds i think whereas normally i'm below three so that sort of scuppered my run uh right from i say the very very start the great thing is that you put the pressure on yourself because you're not on track with anyone else it is literally the the battle with your own mind isn't it in sprinting and hill climbing to get that perfect line um one guy that was out there for the very first time within the mg car club championship was lee willers I've got a MG ZR120. Um, I didn't go out looking for a t- particular model. Uh, this just come up for sale in the in the next sort of village to me, really, for three hundred and fifty pound. Um, you need a little bit of work doing to it, which I did, but it owes me about five hundred pound, and that's with all my kit as well. So cheap racing really um, and I've always been into sort of MG so it was the natural championship to sort of go into um, I've raced all my life since I was 12 into hovercraft and uh, just looking for another sport really yeah it's my first sprint uh, I've found it everybody's really friendly everybody sort of here helps you out points you in the right direction um, it, it's great it's beyond what I thought it'd be it's it's really great fun uh, I found myself pushing myself um, probably at times a little bit too far trying to keep up with others uh, but yeah really enjoying it all right Ian great to hear that people are still coming through despite the pandemic people are still giving it a try for the first time yeah it's, it's always great we're a really friendly championship really sort of the ethos of of MG and and the mark of friendship, so it, it's great to to see some new faces coming in and, and new cars and and really, as Lee said, showing you can do it on a, a real tight budget as well. You don't have to be spending mega bucks to come in. And one of the beauties of the championship is the way it's scored is a, is your car and your level of modification. So you don't have to spend lots on engine tuning or fancy tyres. You can turn up in a cheap road car with cheap road tyres and you're trying to battle other people with very similar materials. Well, unsurprisingly, the organisation of this meeting was slightly different than in normal years. So here are the two responsible for the round at Kerbera to tell us how things have been slightly different in the organisation this year. Uh, Dave Russell, uh, MG uh, Car Club um, Committee, uh, handled all the entries for uh, the Kerbera Sprint, 11th of April. Um, What uh, we did was, uh, this year, differently to last year, was that we opened the entries a little bit earlier, um, and then I sent out a scrutineer form a bit earlier than we would have done normally, so that could come back for a... um, 
distance co uh, scrutiny and checkers of COVID compliance for MSUK. Uh, and then also differently for this year, we've had a signing on form that was sent out for drivers to complete and uh, name any guests with them sent to me ahead of the event so we could check all that again. So cut down paperwork at the event because of COVID-19 rules. And then obviously we've had um, a COVID officer working all day as well, um, checking that make sure everyone was compliant and we haven't had any difficulties uh, with that. So I guess the key difference is, is that we've done more things remotely and we've done them a little bit earlier than we uh, may have done previously. Thanks very much. So I'm Simon Morris, uh, I'm the clerk of the course. Uh, I've been in this role now for two years. Uh, I was a trainee clerk of the course for four years before that. Uh, clerk of the course's role's always been uh, to ensure the event is run in a safe, fair and efficient from competitors and clubs point of view uh, that ultimately hasn't changed it's a lot of the, what has changed is the preparation for an event um, other people may have already mentioned that now we have to sign everybody on first thing uh, instead of signing them on first thing in the morning we have to sign them on in the weeks before the event the same thing with uh, scrutineering um, instead of everybody being scrutineered on the day uh, they have to send in a form with the declarations of all the, what their, their car is uh, and if the scrutineers have got anything they want to check on the day they will do so um, they can't do as much a deep dive as they would used to be able to do hopefully that is an area that will improve once restrictions are removed things like the pre-sign on will probably stay because we're finding it actually it makes the day run smoother there's less pressure at the start of the day um, other things we've had to change um, things like the awards pro process today um, it would usually be a case of the someone handing someone a, a trophy shaking the hand etc we're not doing that um, some clubs still do hand out lots of trophies but they tend to sort of have them on there and say that's your trophy pick it up uh, instead what we've chosen to do this time is we're having mugs printed out with a photo of the car that we're competing in today take them today uh, with their time the event their name etc um, which are going to be posted afterwards so A it's something different to do which we always like to try and different things but B also it's a safer way of running a Covid safe event um as you've probably already seen throughout the day, we've all got to wear masks whenever we're close together. Uh, I mean, we're outdoors anyway, so that's a big uh, risk reduction anyway. Gentlemen don't talk about money, I realise that, but let's give others an idea of a typical weekend like you had at Kerbera for anyone who's sort of on the brink of get, having a go at this and giving it a go, uh, like Lee did. Try and sum up for a seeing exactly how much last weekend would have cost you and don't worry we won't tell your other half <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to remember off the head I, I think the entry fee for the weekend was was 90 pounds uh although some from the middle and center may write in and correct me uh, and, and that's that's probably the, the cheap end of, of what we do over the season the the, the the events varied from that sort of 80 90 pounds up to to some of the prestige venues like Prescott uh, or some of the circuits where just the overheads for the clubs are a little bit higher might be up to sort of 150 mark, maybe a little bit more. And 
other than that, the rest of the outlay is your, your travel to and from the venue, so depending how far you're commuting, how much petrol or diesel you need, and then the, the car and your safety kit. And actually, one initiative the Motorsport UK have done this year to try and get new people in, if you're running a, a standard car, and it does have to be a modern car, so it, it doesn't apply to, unfortunately, a, a midget or a B, but certainly I think Zeds and, and TS would fall into this classification. Because modern cars are generally very, very safe in their design, they've relaxed some of the safety equipment needs. So you don't have to go out and buy a, a full FIA spec race suit from day one you can get away with it a bit cheaper and, and you don't need to run with race boots and things like that, just to try and get it a bit easier. Other than that, the obligatory bacon, butty and coffee money in the morning. Yeah, yeah, and a few beers with your pals to share stories of how it all went wrong in the evening afterwards. <laughs> Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. <laughs> well, that's it, isn't it? Because although we're in weird times, it is a particularly sociable form of motorsport, this. And I know, as you've already explained... You're all great pals, and I guess part of last weekend's event at Kerbera was catching up with each other. Yeah, it was great to be out and, and see people and see new cars, see you know people like me who've, who've tweaked. But yeah, most importantly, seeing the faces. It's been a long time since we had a championship round, uh, and there's still more new faces and more old faces to see. So not everyone goes to every event. So it'll be later on in the season, we'll catch up with some more people. And over the course of the coming months, I'm, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll all meet one another again. Well, great value for money, great fun, a great family and community around the hill climbing and sprinting in the MG Car Club. And, you know, there's not much more you could do for a weekend of that kind of level of adrenaline and fun for that kind of money, as you just outlined. Um, one question I do have, though... Um, your tyres that you use for Kerbera, how many more rounds do you think you'll get out of those on the midget? I mean, I'm running absolutely standard road tyres, so they're, they're not exotic, they're not sort of gr extra grippy or anything. So they will last me a couple of seasons. Wow, uh, okay. I sadly don't get to drive my midget as much as I'd like to uh, on the roads these days. Uh, so really, most of the miles it does is on the track, uh, and because I trailer my car, uh, to and from events they they do last a long time that's superb really does go to prove that this is a great starter into motorsport and a great form of motorsport to get involved in if you're on a budget as well let's face it most of us are um, there were some older cars out on the track as well over the weekend in particular an MGTC with Dave Morris at the wheel I've been doing uh, hill climbing and sprinting since about 2017 when um, I started off in uh, an MG RV8 which I'd put back together from a pile of bits and um, decided that I didn't know what to do with it so I thought I'd go and do some motorsport and hill climbing and sprinting was the first thing I could find. I really enjoyed it and uh, managed to pick up the championship I think in 2018 uh, and then uh, then I saw this um, MGTC which I'm using now and decided I'd get something that was a bit more serious and that's what I've been up to ever since. My uh, MGTC's got quite an interesting history because it was actually built in Australia as a race car back in the 90s, rebuilt from um, from scratch really uh, from a 1948 TC 
and then used for um, long distance racing so it's done things like the Targa Tasmania and um, some, some races around Melbourne and, um, and that part of Australia it had quite a good competition history until about 2004 and then a friend of mine brought it back from Australia with the intention of racing it in this country but uh, he then went, went in a different direction with a vintage Lagonda needed some money so uh, I managed to persuade him to sell the car to me so my, I've, what I've been doing is developing the TC to try and uh, um, get it to go a bit quicker uh, added a supercharger this year and um, I'm going quite quite reasonably well I think so I'm quite happy with progress well, Ian, it just proves really the diversity of the cars out there. We heard from Alan at the beginning of this podcast with his MG3, and now we're talking about T-types. It's fantastic, isn't it? Just a spectacle to watch, if nothing else. It is. Um, they always get a lot of attention wherever we go, uh, quite rightly. Uh, I think that's in the, in the last time we spoke. Uh, T-types are actually my introduction into the club of, of my dad racing a, a T-type and being one of Dave's rivals in the championship so I, I always have a soft spot for them and in fact we had even older cars because we had a p-type out as well brilliant so when you look back at Kerbera last weekend what have you learned about your midget what will you be working on to improve it for the next round and in fact what is that next round so so my next event actually uh, is not in the championship uh, it's i'm going to be down at Wiscombe, so my local hill climb in a couple of weeks' time, uh, really just because I love the, the venue. It, it's what I've driven a lot over the years, and because it's close to me, I'm going to go out. My next MG Car Club event uh, is probably going to be Prescott uh, in June, just the way the calendar's worked out uh, and work's working out this year. I think for me, that the thing to get on top of is... Uh, just getting the suspension dialed in a little bit, having adjustable dampers for the first time. There's a little bit of trial and error with those and with some tyre pressures to try and try and get it handling as, as well as it can. And of course, that will obviously change venue to venue throughout the year as well. So it'll be a bit of a learning curve, I guess, as well, to get that set up as and remember what the settings that you found as optimum for this year and try and remember them and keep hold of them for next year as well. Yeah, they'll all have to get a little book with my time just to, uh, <laughs> so I can refer back to them. <laughs> Let's look at how we can get people involved in this. Where can they go for more information? How do they get involved? How should they prepare a car? best thing to do is, is come along to uh, one of the events when we're allowed to, uh, meet the drivers, have a look at the cars. That's by far the best way. Always the advice I give out, and a lot of the, sort of the old stalwarts the championship will say the same, is... Make sure you read the rule book, the championship regulations, the Motorsport UK regulations before you start doing anything to your car, just in case you you go the wrong direction and, and uh, you might find yourself having to run more safety gear or put a roll cage in just because you've done something that seemed quite innocuous uh, at the time. And I think things like modern gearbox swaps are the prime example of, of where you can come a cropper. In the meantime, we've got a really active Facebook page, uh, which you can find just by searching MG Car Club Speed Championship. And, of course, you can find the information about the championship, the results, the, the calendar uh, in Safety Fast, but also on the MG Car Club website. 
Fantastic. Well, you can find it all at mgcc.co.uk, of course. Or, of course, you can get in touch with us via the podcast page at mgpodcast.uk as well, and we'll direct your inquiries to the right people. Uh, Great. On episode 50 of the MG Car Club podcast, nearly a year in to when we started this, to finally be allowed out of the studio, thanks to you, Ian, and uh, go and meet some of the drivers. And the last of the drivers that you did interview is racing one of the cars celebrating a significant anniversary this year. Yes, 20 years of the MGZs and our final interview from Tim Kirkham I currently sprint a uh, MGZR 160 in class 3 fully stripped out um, I got into it about uh, about 2004 uh, first started um, just something I always wanted to do uh, always thought it was a bit sort of beyond me and then looked into it realised it was pretty easy really once you've got your kit um, you know start with a standard car so I just started off with a open anti GT I'd got at the time and um, went from there really. Um, found the uh, MG Club really good, uh, very friendly. I got some friends uh, in that, so uh, brought a TF and uh, joined with my brother, uh, shared the car, which uh, helped uh, make it a lot more economical, a lot easier to, to get into it really. Um, and uh, yeah, found the MG uh, series really good. Everyone's super friendly and uh, helpful. And um, yeah, really uh, can't recommend it enough. Well, Ian, again, you know, just a brilliant example of the diversity of cars out there. And these MGZs now, they are really starting to become classics in their own right, aren't they? They are. But again, they're, they're still quite low in price. So a great little entry car. Uh, a lot of them were out at Kerbera. Very little setup work needed to to be really quite competitive. Tim's taken his to uh, a much more developed stage. It's stripped out. It's had a lot of modifications, but in standard form, great little car. And do you think there's an advantage or a disadvantage to be in front wheel drive, or does it help or hinder you on certain circuits? I think you'll always find different corners and different circuits favour different handling characteristics or different uh, power requirements. Ultimately, though, I think it's, it's what suits you and what you enjoy and what you're used to. Personally, I'm a rear-wheel drive man. Uh, I like to slide the back end a lot, but uh, that's just me and my style of driving. Well, we know, of course, the MGZs are great handling cars. We also know that midgets are a force to be reckoned with on hill climbing sprint uh, courses, as yours is as well, Ian. And thanks once again for coming back and sharing with us the very first round of the MG Car Club's Championship for 2021. Let's hope you have a clear run of rounds this year without any interruption. Let's also hope that we can all come and watch you at last when spectators are finally allowed uh, back to motorsport events up and down the country. So, uh, Ian Benningfield, thanks for joining us. Pleasure, Wayne. Subscribe to receive new episodes of the MG Car Club podcast at mgpodcast.uk.